If I ask any care leader what their biggest challenge is, at least 70% will say recruitment. With the competition for talent so ferocious these days, it pays to make sure that you're recruiting using more than the traditional methods. To get my head around how social media is being used for recruitment effectively, I've been chatting with Joshua James Lucy. Josh is the CEO of Healthcare 92, a social media recruitment expert. So do you want to know how to use social media to recruit? This episode will teach you how. My name's Simon Parker, and I'm the founder and chief executive of the Care Leaders Network, which is the professional community for the leaders of care organizations. One of the best parts of my job is recording the Care Leaders Network podcast. And here's our latest edition, how to effectively use social media for recruitment. So Josh, one question that I can imagine that you get asked all the time is, what's the difference between social media and job boards? Yeah, okay. So um, one of the main differences, which I always use as an example in this sector, is um, one is job boards are job boards. They're there for people to upload their CVs or for companies to download those CVs. Now, with regards to social media, they're, they're not recruitment platforms. They Some of them may have the ability to run recruitment-based adverts, yes, but they're marketing channels. So you're marketing the opportunity to come work for yourself or advertising the fact that you have job opportunities available. So the main difference between the two is for a candidate that's going to a job board, they're very much looking for a new job there and there. That's the main purpose of being there. Whereas from a social media perspective, you're going to get a very, you can get a few different variations of individuals that are looking for work. You may have, for example, industry exchanges. So people that are fed up with the industry that they're in, uh, maybe they're working in retail, hospitality, and they're looking to exchange into a different sector. So you've got those ones that are kind of considering the sector, want to know about a little bit more information. You've got ones that are just generally intrigued to know more about the role itself uh, and want more information from that company. Um, and then you've got people that are maybe fed up in their current position. They want to jump ship and go to a different company, a competitor. So the important thing about that is that when you're generating leads through social media, you, you can't treat them the same as you do through job boards and other means because you've got the individual is very different in their thought process of wanting to find out more about that job. So you have to be a little bit more patient. You have to educate them a little bit more about the role um, and you have to treat them very differently within your either ATS system or the way that you uh, screen applicants through the over the phone or by email. So that's the main difference is that make sure you're treating applicants very differently depending on the platform they come from. Got you. Just whilst you were talking there, something kind of struck me. So um, everyone probably knows this, but I was a headhunter for, for years and years. And that's obviously a very kind of proactive uh, a, a way to be able to target specific people within a, within a market for any given given role. I guess in some ways, would you say with social media, uh, with social media, um, certainly paid for type uh, type advertising, there's almost some similarities with the executive search headhunter model in, in as much as the fact that you're you're proactively getting a message in front of somebody who might be interested in a in a job move, rather than actually waiting them for specifically for them to look for a new job. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we talk about different channels there. So LinkedIn is probably the more favorable one for headhunting to a certain degree or advertising to very specific um, job titles. Um, within the care sector or domiciliary or care home sector, it's probably not something you'll be actively doing unless you're looking for a, a very particular type of person with a set of skills. Um, but when we're talking care workers, nurses, um, support workers, those types of individuals, 
Um, social media is probably one of the leading tools to attract candidates um, because you, from a localized, like this is two different levels here as well, which I just want to touch on. So you've got a local level to a national level. The majority of, um, of companies listening to this now will probably work on a very local level and wanting to find out what the best ways to do that. So from a social media perspective, what makes it extremely powerful is that you can target in a very particular type of area for individuals that may be interested in the role. So you're excluding already people that are looking for maybe visa or sponsorships, opportunities, or having to exchange from a different country. So you're targeting people only within your territory um, and you're being very specific about who you're trying to target. Now, there's, again, multiple ways you can do this. You can do this through interests. You can do this through uh, demographics, uh, behavioral attributes, um, or you can be very broad in terms of let's target everyone in the area and just see who's interested. So social media gives you that ability to do that, whereas job boards doesn't necessarily do that. Yes, you can put the location and the target area in there, but still people have the ability to want to apply to that position from outside of that area. So from a headhunting or targeting perspective or wants to be very laser targeting your approach, social media allows you to do that. Right. So, uh, okay. So that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So um, talk to me about campaigns and creative, like what would you suggest and like give us some context around uh, the reasons why? Yeah. So again, another extremely powerful tool with social media is that you have the ability to use multiple different types of creatives. We refer to it in the industry as what's called dynamic creatives. So what dynamic creatives is, is when you're, you're, you're running a campaign through, let's say, Facebook. We'll keep Facebook as the main example. But you have the ability to place that advert in multiple different areas, which could be um, the marketplace. It could be stories. It could be the main timeline. It could be messenger. And within each of those areas, you are required different dimensions and how you portray yourself and how you display your advert. So what dynamic adverts is, is that you're you're targeting the same um, location, ad group and types of individuals, but you're displaying it in different ways to try and understand where do you get the most interest from. Now, we all know that stories is far more engaging than your timeline because people kind of sit there and scroll and are individually looking at each story that pops up. So you've got their attention for a little bit longer, whereas the timeline, you could be scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So with dynamic adverts it allows you to put yourself out there in all these different ways to then find out through through ads manager or facebook to, which will determine which is the better performing creative so you're testing all the time whereas on job boards you you display and have you put up an advert it's in text and you hope to god someone clicks it through the fact that you're bidding to be at the top whereas social media you can be a little bit more creative and the fact that you can showcase what you do within your brand so maybe you've got uh, care workers um, that give you testimonials or uh, to why they work for your brand and what it's like to work for your brand um, having that uh, as a visual and as a video is far more powerful than a piece of text on a job site because what these individuals want to find out is what is it actually like to be a support worker or care worker or nurse within the sector um, and why in particular this company, you know, what makes this company different? Because as we all know, there's thousands of positions available. And what we're trying to do is help our customers and our clients in particular stand out from the rest by showing off what they're about. So video is extremely powerful in that respect. And I want to touch on that a little bit more because with video, um, by comparing a video to an image, what Facebook and social media does is it rewards you for utilizing engaging videos by reach, allowing you to reach more people for the same amount of money. 
And the reason being is because you're keeping that user on the platform for longer. So that's obviously favorable to the likes of Facebook and Instagram, engaging your users on the platform for longer. And you're offering more um, information. So it's it's more meaningful. It's educational. Um, so the user understands what they're watching and they can make a more, I guess, decisive decision on what they want to do with that information. So whereas an image can be very quick, uh, you've got their attention for a very short amount of time. And that's, I guess, the main two differences with that. And also when you start utilizing video, you need to make sure the first five seconds are engaging. They're powerful, not some logo introduction, which takes 15 seconds to load up. It needs to be straight into it. You know, what's this person talking about? Um, so you've got to kind of make sure when you're editing or when you're using a videographer or, or a marketing agency that you're making sure that first five seconds immediately tells you the message of what you're trying to portray. Really interesting from a from, from a video perspective. Um, most people are probably aware of this, but I ended up setting up a, a video production company for the for the care sector uh, during the pandemic. Specifically, we did it specifically for care homes, but we've done it for supported living and for uh, retirement villages and for home care businesses as uh, as well. And it was like the, the kind of the demonstration video where people they didn't have the flexibility of being able to travel or going to go and see services or, I guess, get a feel for for the um uh, for the types of services and things that were, were were on offer and the one thing that we talked about endlessly and i'd be interested to hear your view on this was try and try and crystallize and encapsulate the culture of the organization as part of the part of almost like the sales pitch you you mentioned this earlier i can't remember exactly how you put it but it's it's how can you put the, the organization in the best possible possible light uh i think capturing the, the, the culture of an organization getting to understand the values uh, and kind of what the what the mission of an organization is well is super super valuable and i guess that when packaged correctly in a in a recruitment context is that's equally valuable um for for attracting new new team members as well absolutely i mean that's it's probably one of the harder things to do because um when you're when you're working with certain individuals in the sector like carers and nurses you know they're they're not all um, the best on camera and then maybe they don't want to even be on camera so you know trying to make sure that message comes out clear when you're filming is extremely important that you have a company or an individual that understands the sector and that can relate to the carers and nurses that they're talking to and ask the right questions and make them feel comfortable when they're talking um, but also not to get too caught up on that because um, with social media raw material always works far greater than than professional material that you see on tv when it's staged and it's it's um it's scripted because people want to see real people and we forget that social media that is what the platform is for it's it's to recognize that these carers they're not professional actors or actresses that are going on there speaking about it. they're just giving you their honest opinions so when you capture videos it's important to have that even that humor aspect in that that part where they they mess up on camera sometimes or they're confused of what you've asked them because they're real carers yeah they're real people and i think you talk about the type of demographics that you're trying to target in this sector you know um they're usually quite laid back people relaxed people about life they're not too uh, stressed with work and what they do they're doing it because they love the job um so just thinking about the questions around that and making sure you're asking the, the appropriate ones and not too technical and not pushing them beyond wh where they're comfortable. So um, I think that answers your question. <laughs> A quick word about one of the sponsors who helps make the Care Leaders Network podcast possible. Bev and Britain works in partnership with the social care sector, delivering high quality legal and regulatory advice. 
Their award-winning teams across the UK provide workforce, regulatory, corporate, commercial, real estate, and litigation advice, and their team truly believes in strong partnerships. They really understand what it takes to deliver outstanding care and to build a thriving business. To find out more, head to bevanbritton.com. Okay, so uh, how do you how do you make the most out of attracting candidates to ensure that you get the highest possible conversion rate? Because of course, those types of KPIs and uh, targets and things like that, that's that's going to be really key for people. Yeah, I think a lot of the companies watching this, uh, individuals watching this video will will be looking at, they're, they're not necessarily struggling to generate leads in this sector. They're probably getting inundated with leads. But what they'll find and what they'll be struggling with is maybe the quality. And they might focus on the quality by saying that they don't pick up the phone, uh, they don't answer emails um, after a number of attempts. But again, what you need to look at is going back to the beginning of the video where we talked about the difference between job boards and social media. Is you've got to look at the different types of people that are applying and why they're applying, first and foremost. No longer is the um, the company in control in terms of, you know, oh, you know, I'll call this individual once or twice, they don't answer, I'll move on to the next one. Because you're not in a position, you don't have that luxury anymore to be able to do that. The carers and the nurses and the support workers are in control now because they're the ones in demand and you need them more than they need you. Um, so what we always concentrate on with our clients is let's look at the way that you manage uh, the candidates that you're you're getting from job boards and social media let's look at how do you manage that on a daily basis how are you contacting them what methods of contact are you using are you trying to automate the entire process and take away that human touch from it in a, in a place where you know right now you know you're desperately trying to attract candidates i don't think automation is the way i think you almost have to go back to basics and some people might think god no what surely not well actually you picking up the phone and speaking to these clients and having an honest conversation um, is far greater than you sending an automated email or a text. Um, however, just touching on how do you how do you how do you how do you get the most out of the leads you're getting right now, and how do you make sure you're you're getting a high return on your spend from uh, from a financial perspective is um, is making sure you're contacting people and you're keeping a track of this. You might be using an ATS system, you might be using a, an old spreadsheet, but you should never give up on that candidate for at least up to 12 months. And you might be thinking, well, we don't have time to do that, Josh. And, you know, if they're not answering the phone after six, seven, eight attempts, then why should we bother? Because you've no idea what that individual's going through. You don't know if they were just looking for more information. You don't know if they're looking for a job right now, whether they're considering it for the future, maybe for a friend or relative. You have no idea. Unless you're pulling candidates from a job board where you can see their name, their CV and everything about them, that's slightly different. But from a social media perspective, you should be keeping a track record of every attempt that you've made for a phone call, for a text, the time of day, the time of the year, the number of attempts that you've made, the outcome of that call, that text, that email. Um, and you have the ability to have that for up to 12 months with GDPR law in the UK, right? Um, they've given you the permission for you to contact them. So it's your responsibility now to contact them. Take away the, um, I guess, from your perspective that you, where you're watching this is all oh, your frustrations of them not answering the phone because they've applied for a job. Take all that away, right? What you have to understand is that uh, this is going to be a numbers game for you and you're going to have to deal with people that might hang up the phone straight away and say they're not interested. That's okay. You just take them off your spreadsheet or take them off your ATS system. But making sure you're, you're being responsive, you're, you're contacting them as quick as you can, you're giving them the ability to contact you through WhatsApp, through Facebook, through Zoom, through Teams. 
um, we need to make it as easy as we can for that individual to apply for that position and make it as comfortable for them as possible and never never question or, or I guess judge them until you have that interview with them. So some people, some clients say to me, well, you know, if I've called them three, four, five times and I don't know, they come, they come in for an interview the second time after not turn up to the first interview, I'm already getting doubts about this individual. You've got to take that out of your head. You have no idea what that individual's going for, especially in this type of sector where they might already be working as a full-time carer, long hours. They might be working between nine to five as a parent and they don't have the ability to pick up the phone between nine to five. So you need to be contacting out of hours in the evenings and the weekends and giving them that flexibility to do that as well. Um, and if you're not doing that, then you're missing the trick. Simple as that. You're you're not, obviously not in a position where you're struggling to recruit uh, because you have the luxury of only contacting them between nine to five. You know, it's something that, um, you know, I'm quite passionate about because I've also done this from the ground level to where I am now, where I've, I've chased carers down the streets with application forms, trying to get them to apply um, to doing the cold calling. And I know it's frustrating. I know it's a, a, a tedious task, but you have to be doing everything you can to make sure that individual gives you an answer to whether they want to apply or not. They've shown that interest. Now it's your responsibility to follow up. So I get quite irritated when I hear companies say that, well, we don't call beyond five o'clock and we don't call on weekends, Josh. I said, well, that must be a luxury position that you're in if you're um, not struggling to recruit them because who's to say that individual isn't a full-time mum that already works in care that can't pick up the phone between nine to five? What mm. then? So you just dismiss that individual? No, you, you need to make sure you as a company are doing everything you should be doing in this day and age where these are accessible at any given time. Text them, you know, when's the most suitable time for us to contact you with relation to this position that we have, you know? Um, so, you know, going back to the original question, which is, you know, how can we make sure we're converting the most from what we're already getting um, and making the most from the leads that we're generating? All the things I've just said, make sure you're contacting out of hours, weekends, following up as a number of uh, times, we say on average 15 to 18 times, right, before you even consider dismissing them. But I've got some really good clients that will continuously contact them throughout the year, but they might have spread out their, their periods of when they contact to let maybe oh, a month later or two months later or drop them an email, drop them a text here and there until you get to that 12-month period where you haven't heard of that individual. And then you must take them off your list, of course. Um, but yeah, that's all we should be doing is making sure we're following up with the people that have actually shown that initial interest. A quick note about one of the sponsors that makes the Care Leaders Network podcast possible. Compass Associates works in partnership with the care sector by supporting care providers with their recruitment and retention needs. They've won a number of industry awards over the years and specialise in placing mid to senior roles in the elderly care sector. Compass have offices in Portsmouth and Manchester, but deliver their services nationwide. And to find out more, head to www.compassltd.co.uk. The, the two the words that are kind of striking me when you're when you're describing that it's you've got to be persistent uh, and you've also got to be flexible as well. If you're not willing to be persistent, and you're not willing to be flexible. You're missing out on opportunities at quite a significant scale. That's that's what I'm hearing from from, from what you're saying. Yeah, look, I mean, if, if you're watching this now and you're disagreeing with anything I've said, then great. Well, obviously, it's working for you what you're doing, so continue to do that. But there's so many clients that I've worked with and so many people that come to me and say they struggle with recruitment, even clients that we have now that are not willing to do what I've just said. And if you're not willing to do that, then you've, you've, you've given up on 
attempting to adjust the way that you you onboard and you screen applicants and you reach out to them you might have tried it previously you might have been frustrated with it you might look at your recruit manager and think are they motivated to do what i'm asking them to do uh, do i have the time and the day to do that you know this is a full-time job this is something that you have to dedicate a lot of time to uh, to make sure you're reaching people at different times of the days and hours and keeping a track of that and not getting emotionally attached to it just because they haven't picked up the phone after three or four attempts. Mm. We have to also remember that the ones that are managing this process are working professionals that usually sit behind a laptop like we are now. The way that we perceive work and the way that we go about our work is very different to the way a care worker and nurse does. They don't sit and watch their laptop 12 hours a day and answer emails and text messages as soon as they come through. That's what we do as working professionals. And that's how we treat ourselves. And we make sure we turn up that interview on time. These, these guys aren't motivated by money and work. They're motivated by taking care of an individual um, in most cases. So that's the way that I try and work with my clients, especially on just making sure they take that mindset away and adjust it to be more about the carer and the nurse that they're trying to attract. Yeah, it makes makes a lot of sense. Um, so, okay, so talk to me about, obviously, we're in an interesting trading set of circumstances. Um, generally, obviously, you've got the kind of economic backdrop of where we are today. Like, Why do you think it's still so important to be pushing hard on social media, giving, given everything that's going on in the world? Because who do you know that hasn't got one of these? Right. And the fact of the matter is, when we advertise ourselves, when we advertise our positions and what we're doing, uh, I think it's something like 98% of the, the applications that we receive that we generate off leads is based on mobile. Um, where you look around yourself when you're watching this now, maybe you're in public, maybe you're in the workspace, you'll probably see someone on their phone. Um, more than likely, they'll be on social media looking at what friends and family are doing, what the, and what the news is, what's going on in the world. So they'll likely be on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Um, the chances that they check their Indeed every day, every minute is very unlikely. Um, they they look for notifications from those channels, yes, but that's not where they sit and scroll. When you're watching telly, what do you see your partner doing? What do you see your friend doing? They're probably sat on their phone scrolling. So the fact of the matter is, if um, you're looking to utilize social media, you're considering utilizing it, or you're not doing it just yet, you're so far behind the times because that's where everyone is um you know so if you if it's not worked for you in the past maybe you've worked with an agency that's not, not done a too good of a job or maybe they've left a sour taste in your mouth about the fact that you didn't get results unfortunately you have to be persistent you have to be patient you, if, if anything use it as brand awareness it's the cheapest form of brand awareness you know it's like having a tv advert running 24 7 you know how much is that going to cost you a radio advert how much is that going to cost you just having a presence on Facebook and Instagram in your local area to a very specific type of audience that you think is going to work for you. And it's going to cost you what? 500, 1,000, 2,000 pound a month. It's still far cheaper than radio and television. Um, so again, if you have the luxury where recruitment's not an issue for you right now, great, don't do it. You don't have to do it. Uh, but maybe utilize it as a brand awareness tool for other for other means, for your services, for other things like that. But um, but yeah, you know, if anything, social media is becoming more and more and more part of us, whether we like it or not. Um, I personally don't enjoy using social media, but from a business perspective, I know how, I know how crucial it is. And I'm 
I'm, I, I'm evidence of the fact that it works because I purchase things through social media in terms of shopping all the time now. And I see opportunities all the time. Uh, I don't like it, but I take that away and I understand that how important it is to still have it in the society and the way we live. So you've got, again, take out your own mindset of it and your own thought process. I don't like social media. That's why I'm not going to do it for my business. That's a real poor mindset to have because the carers and nurses, I can tell you now, that's where they spend the majority of their day. So if you're not willing to be there, then as a business owner, in my opinion, that's completely wrong. Um, so what I'd say to clients is, is take away your own personal feelings of it and just understand that that's where your target audience is. You know, I've been doing this for eight years now. Uh, I remember my dad telling me first two years, Josh, you know, everyone's going to get onto this. So you need to be really quick at what you're doing. There's still no one really doing it effectively enough. Um, and we've generated hundreds of thousands of leads and spent millions and millions of pounds on Facebook and never seen it drop off. When you start to see it drop off, it's because of the time of the year. It's because of what's happened in society where COVID slowed down a little bit, but guess what? It picked up very quickly because people were out of work. So people needed work. And in this, in this sector and this and where we work, work continued. We still needed to provide care to people. So it became an extremely powerful tool during that period. Um, so, yeah, so in my opinion, it's not slowing down. It's getting far, uh, it's far bigger than what it ever was. More users every month. We've got, you know, things like web free to start considering, which I'm not going to go into just yet. That's probably for another call. Um, we've got TikTok, we haven't even touched on and where that's going. So if you're not using Facebook and Instagram right now, I'll be asking what you're doing uh, with your business with regards to recruitment, because indeed is not the only answer right now few different things um that that, that i guess i'd uh, i i should share relevant to that so there's a there's a chap you probably have heard of him a chap called gary vaynerchuk who's um uh, he's a brash uh new jersey american chap but he's like yeah. content over over in america and he talks very passionately about the uh, a subject that he calls the attention economy um uh, and the attention economy is like we we all have i don't know 18 hours a day when we're we're awake and we're focusing on different things how can you how can you get in front of somebody's attention? I think the the, the point that you made around uh, being in people's mobile devices on their screens as they're scrolling to be able to connect with people is super, super important because that's where their, their, their attention is. People's attention isn't necessarily in job boards if they're not actively looking specifically at that at, at that moment. Um, but to your point, you can you can bet your bottom dollar that they're going to be on some type of social media platform for at least 15, 20 minutes a day, catching their eye creating uh, having some great great creative something that's going to make them think oh that's interesting and just getting them to pause for a couple of minutes and even if they don't act then they might act in the future and it's it's, it's about nurturing those uh, those prospects i like from from cln's perspective we built our business in in two different ways so we've never done any uh paid advertising as of yet because we haven't uh haven't needed to but that's something that we'll need uh to focus on at some point probably later on this year as our business expands um but just being active in social media um uh, uh in people's uh timelines we probably get 40 percent of our business through uh through social media just by getting good quality content into people's timelines and the rest of it comes through referrals and that's it it's it, I don't think we would have a business if we didn't have social media and we weren't actively creating content that was interesting for people. It just wouldn't wouldn't even exist. And we know from from our perspective that when we get to a point of scale, and I guess we've taken advantage of the people that are kind of directly within our network, um, 
we know that we need to magnify that and the way that we'll do that is through through paid paid advertising it's it's not even a question it's a foregone conclusion we know that that's going to be something that we're gonna gonna have to do and it's i guess it's not a surprise that it relates directly back to connecting with frontline care workers in whatever capacity that 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 might look like you're always going to go and speak to the people who are immediately that you can kind of influence directly within the community but how many other people are are there are the second tier the third tier the fourth tier maybe outside of your kind of direct influence that you can attract who could be incredible uh an, an incredible asset to to your business going forward yeah i mean first of all i'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk and I've watched his career grow over the years and yeah he talks very bluntly about things and what you should and shouldn't do but he's right on many occasions I mean you you have the ability as a business to run a paid ad on Facebook for a pound a day right which will reach hundreds if not small thousands of people in your local area but yet we're still trying to convince business owners to run social media campaigns when they're still happily to engage with magazines and articles and newspapers which they can't tell me what they got in return. I've worked with some companies in this sector that have spent millions on TV advertising. And it blows my mind because the first question I asked them is, okay, can you tell me of all that millions that you spent, what did you get in return? The only thing they can ever say, oh, increase in brand awareness. You know, people know what people see is on TV. Yeah, but what did you get? What's the clear bottom line? What did you get from that? Can you tell me? No, can't tell you. Right, okay, so if I told you I can run millions of pounds on Facebook and Instagram, right, for recruitment or customer acquisition or franchise sales or generate inquiries to sell a care home, whatever it is, right, um, I can tell you exactly what you got in return, how many people went there, how long they spent their time there, how many people were retargeted, how many actions they, they performed on your website, which, which areas did they click on, how many converted, how many gave you the information. And if you're really clever, once you've converted them, you've got a, a system or a tracking process or a very good person that's going to tick a box and say, yeah, that person turned into a bit of business or a carer. Then you've got that return of investment, which I mean, me as a business owner, that's all I ever look at in terms of the money I spend. What do I get out of it? If I can't, if I can't, if I can't answer that, why am I doing that? Okay. Yeah. I might spend in a luxury position to splash some cash on a TV advert just for the sake of it and and increase that brand awareness because I have a luxury position to do that. But I know the companies that I work with and the people watching this video now can't spend millions and millions and millions and just hope that you know some sticks. So if if you if you honestly if you're not utilizing social media in your local area, getting yourself out there, you know, it's probably because you're always constantly looking at the bottom line in terms of, right, I spent a hundred pounds and I didn't get higher from that. Right. Well, okay. How much do you spend on Indeed in a single month and you've never had a hire? I know some companies that spent thousands in a single month and tell me didn't get a single hire off it. It doesn't work, but we still do it because it's Indeed, it's a job board. That's where they all are. Okay. So where's, why is that not logic being used on Facebook when I can say to you, you spent a thousand pounds, you didn't get a single hire you had six seven hundred people or a few thousand people visit your website who shown interest in your brand we're now we now have the ability to retarget and show them other elements of your business who could potentially become someone in the future to you because of that consistency and that, that persistence to support brand awareness and that's where we go back this is a marketing channel it's not a job board just happens to do great when you're trying to attract candidates and you can look at the bottom line what your return is but 
make sure you're present make sure you're on there make sure you're being seen all the time even if it's 60 pound a month 30 pound a month you have the ability to do that just make sure you're getting the right advice from someone to work and say make sure you go into someone who's a meta business partner who understands social media who understands the policies who understands the rules and regulations behind um the special ads category which is again for another call but make sure you're not getting yourself banned or blocked or reducing your reach because you're you're doing the wrong things on social media so yeah I guess this probably uh, teases up quite nicely for some further conversations, but I think you framed the 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 the, the kind of the justification for social media really really well. Um, ultimately, the, the the traditional models of uh, of recruitment are it's not that they don't work, but maybe they don't work to the extent that they would have done in the future. And this is an additional channel that you can get great talent into your into your organisation, which of course that's the lifeblood of your of your organisation at the end of the, uh, the day. So thank you so much for your time today, Josh. Really really insightful. And uh, yeah, looking forward to getting in, stuck into Web3 and uh, all sorts of other bits and pieces for, uh, for another day. That's another rabbit hole. But yeah, another day. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Great. So uh, cheers for your time. Cheers.